Hey Unnaturalists, I'm Emily. I'm Andy. And welcome back to Unnatural Haunty Spook Spook Edition. It is spooky season. It's October. I'm excited because this is my favorite time of year. Oh my gourd. Oh god. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. The puns are going to be flowing. We'll see how many puns you can work in before I get, like, annoyed. I'm guessing, like, two or three. Yeah, probably. (laughs) So, if you remember from our Haunty Spook Spooks last year, for the next few episodes, we are going to stray away from our norm of true crime and talk more about things that are a little more on the spooky side. So what I am going to do for my episode today is we are going to talk about the history of the Ouija board and kind of the folklore and whatever surrounding the story or the game of Bloody Mary. Hmm. Yes. Have you ever played with a Ouija board, Andy? Yeah, my they were huge in the 90s. Yeah. My sister had one. And especially when that movie, The Craft, came out. Yeah, a classic. Everybody was playing with the Ouija board, playing light as a feather, stiff as a board. And Mm -hmm. they kind of creeped me out for a while. Later in life, I was like, okay, I'm not sure how much credence I put into this. It felt like I was kind of directing the Ouija board where to go. But there definitely have been a lot of stories that dispute that that i've read and i'm excited to hear what you have here yeah lots of stories lots of movies Mm -hmm. and a lot of it comes down to these these people who are messing around with these boards don't say goodbye which is something that it's like the rule like you have to do it otherwise risking letting these spirits into the world, opening yourself up to possession or, um, you know, whatever. And it's. So because I didn't say goodbye 20 years ago, that's why my life went to shit. Well, and there is some dispute amongst the spiritualists on which Ouija boards will actually work and which ones won't. Mine was from Target. Yeah, and it sounds like <laughs> from what I was reading that like these mass produced ones that you can get like at your Target, Walmart, Shopco, you know, just kind of wherever aren't going to work and they need to actually be handcrafted and blessed by a shaman in Ooh. order to like be real and authentic and work to communicate with the spirit world. Like but- on one of those wooden boards or something? Yeah, and like I'll put yeah. some I'll put some pictures on the Instagram of like your mass produced Ouija board versus like a like quote unquote authentic one that might actually work for you. And those ones are actually really quite expensive and they look really cool and I kind of want one, but I am also very skeptical. So I don't know if I want that actually in my house. I don't know. I don't know, because I'm a little bit of a spooky bitch, and I've had some experiences also with a mass-produced Ouija board, so I'm not entirely convinced either way. But let's get into it. The Ouija board, 
also known as a spirit board or talking board, is if you've never seen one before, it's just, it's literally a board and it has the letters of the alphabet, the numbers zero through nine, the words yes and no, and the words hello and goodbye. Um, sometimes there's, you know, depending on where you get it, there's different graphics or, or, or symbols. And then you also have a planchette, which is like a small, the little kind of heart-shaped piece that you will put your fingers on to guide you around the board. And then it has like a circle cut out in the middle. So like when you're playing, whatever shows up in the little circle is what the spirit or whatever is trying to communicate you dur- communicate to you during the seance. Does so, it guide you around the board or is that just witchful thinking? Witchful, witchful thinking. thinking. So the purpose of the Ouija board is people and spiritualists thought that they could um, communicate with the dead using this board. Now, what I thought was interesting is that um, it was actually invented in like February of 1890 by a man, or it was just kind of, it like really became popular in 1890. um, And it was invented by a guy named Elijah Bond. And um, it was it kind of initially was supposed to be just like a fun and innocent parlor game at the time. And it wasn't really associated with the occult like it is now, which I thought was really interesting. But then as things go, it kind of morphed into like the paranormal and supernatural. And now it kind of like really became what we know it as today is just like a vessel to be able to communicate with the other side and they're and, banned in some places i know even some very conservative christian communities they won't even let kids have access to them these days oh yeah and it's you know it's been condemned and criticized and whatever by the scientific community and it's character like it's like a pseudoscience and you know um science has been able to explain a way that you know the people who really think things are happening. They're just, they're moving the planchette like unconsciously. And it's just kind of, they called it, they called it the psychological phenomenon known as the idiomotor effect, Hmm. which is just like when it's kind of like when you want something, when you really want something to happen in your head, you make it happen without really realizing that you're making it happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? I and wish I could of, do that. Yeah. But like going back to your thing about the the like really Christian areas, um, I mean, like the Catholics have just been like, no, 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 no Ouija boards. You're going to get possessed by a demon. And some Christians are like, no, like the only the only reason why you're going to get possessed by a demon is because like people who are using it aren't experienced. So there's a lot of there's a lot of like back and forth, even within the religious community on if these mm. are the work of the devil or not, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. So like some people think they're like a conduit, like through God too, the other way or. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, like, you know, they like they just like 
you want to talk to your dead loved ones. You miss them. You know, you want to know that you just want to know that they like made it to the other side. They made it to heaven. They're okay. Just like that little last bit of comfort, mm-hmm. I guess. Closure. Yeah. But um, these Ouija boards and talking boards really were actually seen um, in China around 1100 AD. Now, the talking boards that they used back then obviously didn't look like the Ouija boards that we know today. I want one of those ones. Yeah. (laughs) That would be fucking awesome. Wouldn't it be super cool? And like this one source that I read about it, it said, quote, the use of planchet writing as as means of necromancy and communication with the spirit world continued, albeit under special rituals and supervisions. So it's kind of like the same basic concept, but like the look of the actual board was different. Um, Science has also really looked into if this is real or not. I mean, religion has even looked into it. And, you know, there are just, there's tons and tons of movies about possession and Ouija boards. I mean, I think there's two movies, like, called Ouija. Ouija, yeah. Yeah. And that's... You know, it's popular. We like we like spooky stuff. And I even went down a Reddit thread hole and this one story kind of stuck out to me that was actually really kind of creepy. And um, I wanted to share it with you. Okay, so this comes from Reddit and it reads, in high school, a couple friends... My friend's mom and myself were talking about a local building being haunted. In parentheses, soil conditioners that sell dirt, bark, and other landscaping goods rumored to be the location of a murder years before. The mom worked there, so we decided to break out the board and give it a shot. I had never used one before, so I was skeptical from the jump. This place is essentially a large warehouse with tall metal racks, think Costco or Home Depot. Stacked full of bags of dirt, manure, bark, and other things like large ceramic flower pots. The board was glow in the dark, so we kept all the lights off. Once we got going, or once we got going, it started moving around and I was freaking out already. We asked if something was there and to let us know, and there was a loud bang that seemed to come from the rafters on the other side of the warehouse. Every question that followed was met with a similar bang from various locations in the warehouse, sometimes close, sometimes far. The last question was asked if it meant to harm us, and the thingy said no. The question was repeated and immediately followed by the closest noise yet. It seemed to be right on top of us, so we decided to get out. As we were rushing and flipping out, we turned on our flashlights and saw one or two large pots fall from the rack and heard what we would later find out to be 40-pound bags of bark dropping to the ground. There was also a slow, low grinding noise that my friends returned to the next day and found that a sledgehammer had been dragged through the dirt-covered cement floor and was standing up in the air with drag marks but no footprints around it. I pretty much believe in ghosts now and slept with the lights on for a week. I've never touched a Ouija board since. I never plan to. And if anybody even thinks the word around me, I peace out. If it would have been me, I would have been like, who ghost there? 
Okay, sorry, I'm ruining your story. <laughs> I would have pieced out too. I mean, when you have something that real, that fucked up, that's when you never want to deal with it again. Yeah, like the thing that gave me chills was that they saw like there was just like dirt all over the ground and you could see that the sledgehammer had been dragged through it, but there was no footprints uh, and it was just kind of sitting there. No, thanks. No, but that, that sh- shit got too real. Let's let's be done with this. Yeah, literal shit, because there was manure there, too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so that was just kind of one uh, spooky story that actually like gave me a little bit of the goosebumps as I read it. Well, then have you ever used, have you ever downloaded that ghost tube app? No. So apparently it's supposed to be able to pick up. Paranormal stuff in the, your vicinity. Yeah. Like words. Hmm. Okay. So I turned it on. So like, this is what it looks like. Uh, You can see like it's reading. Yeah. Things. And then, like, if it hears something from the other side, like, it'll pop up and, like, it'll say. And I remember Mm. one time um, it actually said something. And it was actually kind of creepy. You should just leave it on while we're recording and see what happens. I'm going to. Okay, next. Bloody Mary. Did you ever play that? I never played it myself. Did you? I know of the game. Okay, so yes, I did play Bloody Mary one time that I remember when I was little, but um, so one you guys of the girls, were in school. Yeah, but I think it was during dance practice, so it was like at night because when I was okay. in dance, we used to practice like in the downstairs of the elementary school because that's where the cafeteria was. Mm-hmm. So they would just like clear off all the tables to the side, and then we would have dance practice. So all- And then all the hallways, like the lights were probably turned off and Yeah. But like but it was just like a big bathroom with like the one like the whole wall was a mirror in the bathroom and it was like floor to ceiling. And I remember we were like we all were in there. There was probably like five or six of us. We turned the lights off and we like said we said the thing. And um then when we turned the lights back on, the mirror was should you explain what the thing is for our audience? Yeah, I'll get there. Okay. Um, when the lights turned back on, there was like a bunch of water and like handprints all over the mirror. Uh. And like a lot of the girls were super freaked out, but I also heard because I was standing kind of in front and like on the end and there was two girls next to me and I felt and I heard them move. So, like, I knew that they did it. <laughs> you were fucking on to them. I was on to them. Did you say, hey, I know you did it, or did you just pretend like... No, I said it, and then they were really trying to be convincing that, no, they didn't do it, blah, 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 but I was like, you did it. You did it. Okay, so... You decide who's going to call Bloody Mary first. Then you go into a bathroom when it's your turn and you turn off the lights. You close the door behind you so it's completely dark. And then you have to be alone when you call Bloody Mary. You're supposed to place a candle on the sink in the front of the mirror and light it. 
Then you say Bloody Mary three times. You look into the mirror and say Bloody Mary three times. You have to keep your eyes open when you're saying it. Make sure you speak slowly and clearly so Bloody Mary can hear you. Then you spin around in a circle three times if Bloody Mary doesn't appear. Yeah, so I mean, when we were in elementary school, we didn't do the ritual, right? Because there was a bunch of us in there. We didn't have a candle. We just all looked in the mirror and said Bloody Mary three times. (laughs) (laughs) So if you don't know, because I haven't even really gotten that far to explain it yet, the legend of Bloody Mary is that you, like when you play the game or whatever, do, do the things that Andy just said you do, a ghost, phantom, spirit, whatever. Poltergeist. Yeah. Well, she's supposed to like show up in the mirror and um, either what happens is she's pissed and like, what? What was that? That scared me. What did it it say? It said who? Oh, my God. Are you sure it wasn't hoopsed? (laughs) Hoopsed. We're talking about Bloody Mary ghost in my room. (laughs) Who is Bloody Mary? She could either be a benign or malevolent spirit. And if she is happy to see you, she will reveal your future. And if she is unhappy to see you, um, apparently, and there's obviously some discourse on what happens if she's unhappy to see you, but some people say that she will make your life really bad for the next three days. I wouldn't stick around that mirror to find out. Yeah. No. Bloody Mary appearances are also mostly witnessed in group participation play, according to like this historic website. So maybe we did do it correctly. Maybe there are different ways you can play it. I don't know, but it is also said that she will appear for a man who is about to die. Hmm. There is some debate on who Bloody Mary actually is, if she's based off of a real woman or if this was just some sort of game that was kind well, of Well, it seems made like up. all folklore, all le- like legends and myths, they start off as something truthful and kind of go from there. Yeah, well, um, a a number of people have been thought to have been like the origin of Bloody Mary, including Mary, um, the first of England. She was the daughter of Henry the Eighth and Catherine of Argonne. Who so apparently she was burned at the stake, earning her the nickname Bloody Mary. Um, there was also a 17th century Hungarian countess named Elizabeth Ooh. Bathory, who had tortured and killed around 650 girls and women, bathed in Whoa. their blood, and was accused of vampirism. Mm-hmm. Well, that was the area and the time for it. Yeah. Um, there was also a gal named Mary Worth who was said to have either been a woman who killed slaves escaping the American South like in the Underground Railroad, or she was a woman who was burned at the stake during the witch trials. So those are just kind of like the three main contenders for who Bloody Mary could be. 
And then I do have another super spooky story. This one is a little bit longer than my um, Ouija board story. Um, I found this one. I found this website that was actually really pretty cool. Um, It's AmericanFolklore.net. So like our Mm. next Haunty Spook Spook episode um, that I'm doing anyway, a lot of the information that I got kind of came from here and they include a lot of spooky stories. So here's one um, that I'm just going to read to you about the Bloody Mary ritual. So it reads, we were having a sleepover at my house on Saturday night. Me and my four best friends, Alex, Bianca, Sabrina, and Lacey. We made cookies and watched movies and did our hair and makeup. By midnight, we run out of planned activities, so it was time to improvise. Lacey Lacey suggested that we try the Bloody Mary thing. Alex, who was sitting cross-legged on her sleeping bag, said, what's the Bloody Mary thing? Sabrina, who was lounging on top of her own sleeping bag on the far side of the room, said, come on, Alex, everyone knows the Bloody Mary thing. You stand in front of a black bathroom mirror with a lighted candle and say and say the witch's name three times then her ghost appears looking just the way she did when she died all horrible and bloody with scars all over her face why not i said from my place on the pull-out couch in the living room i've always wanted to see a ghost it could be fun besides i've heard she can tell you your future if you summon her correctly and if you don't summon her correctly or if she's in a bad mood the ghost The ghost of Bloody Mary will rip your eyes out and leave your face horribly scarred. Or you will be found dead. Seems like a fair trade-off. Yeah, like, or you will be found dead with claw marks all over your face and body. So, you really do not want to piss this lady off. Mm -mm. No, thank you. Or, Sabrina said, you could be trapped in the mirror with Bloody Mary for eternity. Which, no thanks. So Bianca's over here. It's a load of crap. That's just a story to scare some kids. Bloody Mary isn't real. I've heard it's real, I said. My friend Katie tried it once and saw the ghost in the mirror. Bloody Mary told Kate that when she grows up, she's going to become a research doctor who cures cancer and saves a lot of lives and wins the Nobel Prize. Hogwash, (laughs) said Bianca dismissively. I love the way that this person writes. Like, it's like like a book. Right. (laughs) Hogwash. Hogwash. Um, There's only one way to know for sure, said Sabrina. We have to try it. I ran to to the supply closet to get a candle and matches, and all of us, even Alex and the disbelieving Bianca, crowded into our large downstairs bathroom. This is a bad idea, Alex said nervously as we lit the candle. No, it's not. It's the perfect thing to do at a sleepover, I said, like telling ghost stories. Only this one might be true. Here, you hold the candle. I thrust the flickering candle into Alex's hand. Once the candle was lit, Bianca turned on all the bathroom lights. As we stood before the bathroom mirror, I told everyone the story of Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary was the name of an evil witch that lived back in colonial times. The witch used her black arts to make her young again by killing a bunch of young girls in her village. When the villagers discovered Bloody Mary was behind the murders, they burned her at the stake. Bloody Mary used mirrors to help her locate and enchant her victims, and she cursed all mirrors when the villagers executed her, so anyone chanting her name three times would be pulled into the mirror with her to spend eternity in flames. 
By the time I finished the eerie tale, all of my friends were looking a little nervous, but we were excited too. Maybe we'd see a real ghost. The candle in Alex's hand flickered a moment and then steadied as the five of us chanted Bloody Mary's name three times in front of the bathroom mirror. I held my breath, not knowing what to expect, and wondered what Bloody Mary might say about my future. Maybe I would marry Robbie when I graduated from college. The five of us waited tensely as we gazed without blinking and our faces reflected in the glass. The only sound was the ticking of the little wind-up clock my mom kept in the bathroom. I strained my eyes, trying to see through the mirror into some nether realm that I both dreaded and hoped might be there. Finally, Bianca said, nothing's happening. Let's just get out of here. She reached for the doorknob and turned it, but the door wouldn't open. The door wasn't locked when we started the ritual. I knew this for a fact because I checked the door in case we needed to make a quick getaway. After all, there was a possibility, however faint, that it might not just be a scary story told to frighten little kids. I rushed to the door and pushed Bianca aside and unlocked it. But when I tried the knob, the door wouldn't open. Something, or did I mean someone, was holding it shut. Suddenly, Alex screamed and pointed at the mirror. I whirled away around and looked away from the locked door and saw a glowing white figure staring at us from the mirror. Her face was twisted with malice and flames seemed to flicker around her. In one hand, she held a bloody knife. It was Bloody Mary. We knew that for sure. We all screamed and my friends backed away from the mirror, but Alex, but it was Alex who stood frozen at the bathroom sink with the candle still clutched in her hands. All of a sudden, Bloody Mary lunged forward, her knife hand coming straight out of the mirror and striking Alex fiercely in the face. Long scratches appeared on Alex's cheek as she staggered backwards with a gasp of pain, and her hands came up to protect her face. A wave of heat and anger poured out of the mirror in a blast that blew us all head over heels. My forehead struck the wall, and I fell senselessly to the floor. We all woke up in the dark a few moments later and tried desperately to find the light switch. When I turned it on, I found Lacey unconscious beside me, and Alex, too, was beside the bathroom sink. All of the wounds that we had seen from earlier were gone. Sabrina was huddled and sobbing behind the toilet, and I gasped when I saw that she had scratches on her face. She'd been standing too close to the mirror, but why didn't Alex have any scratches? My eyes widened and suddenly I realized there was only four of us crouching on the bathroom floor. Where's Bianca? We tried the door again and it opened immediately. Apparently the door was released from the lock spell as soon as, soon as Bloody Mary disappeared. We ran into the living room hoping to find Bianca huddled in her sleeping bag, but she wasn't there. We all searched all over downstairs for her and I was ready to wake my parents and confess the whole stupid thing when Lacey gave a yell from the laundry room. Bianca was lying unconscious besides the washing machine. We went back into the bathroom the next day and saw the ghost had scratched a message onto the mirror and it said, I am real. My stomach lurched and I wanted to throw up when I saw Bloody Mary's message. We all asked what happened to Bianca and she said the ghost tossed me into a dark room and I couldn't see anything, but I felt her clutch my arm and there was a terrible pain. That's all I remember until I heard your voices and the lights came on. She saw the look on her faces and glanced down at her arm. She went so white and I thought she would faint again. So I pushed her head between her knees until the dizziness passed. 
We all cleaned up and went back into the living room for the night, but all of us were too scared to sleep. We made up some story the next morning for my parents about bumping into furniture while playing a game to explain the scratches, and no one showed them the message on the mirror because we had cleaned that up too. We've had other sleepovers since that night, but my friends and I have never tried the Bloody Mary ritual again. I guess Bianca became a believer. I guess so. Shit. So they must have done it wrong because Bloody Mary was pissed. Well, I'm sure she was probably pissed because Bianca didn't believe in her. Yeah. They all thought it was just like fake. So like if you want good things to happen, it sounds like you have to go in it believing that she's real. Mm-hmm. Or you'll get got. Or you will get got. <laughs> that was good. So if yeah, that that's all I'm gonna talk about today for the haunty spooky spook spook spookity spook. It's a little bit of a shorter episode, but it's fine. If anybody has any haunty spook spook stories, recommendations, ideas, how can they get a hold of us? Yeah, absolutely tell us your scary spooky stories. Maybe we will even share some of them. You can do that on Twitter, Unnatural the Pod. Instagram, Unnatural the Podcast. We have a Facebook page, Unnatural, a true crime podcast. You can send us a Gmail, unnaturalthepodcast at gmail.com. We also have a Patreon page where you can get early access to ad-free episodes, bonus content, and more. That is patreon.com slash unnaturalthepod. As always, be sure to rate, subscribe, follow, and share us with your friends. And we will be back next week to share with you some more spooky, scary stories, lore, and whatever. Yeah. Werewolves. I'm just going to say it right now. It's going to be werewolves. Perfect. In the meantime, if you plan on using a Ouija board or playing the Bloody Mary game, make sure you are following the rules and you always say goodbye. And always, always, always remember to make good choices. And don't get got. Especially by demonic spirits. Bye! So, I mean, when we were in elementary school, we didn't do the ritual, right? Because there was a bunch of us in there. We didn't have a candle. We just all looked in the mirror and said Bloody Mary three times. (laughs) It would have been cooler if somebody would have appeared with a Bloody Mary. Actually, no, you were way too young. Yeah. We were like probably 12. So (laughs) I hadn't even started drinking yet. That would have been scarier than actually seeing Bloody Mary. Some creepy guy with the Bloody Marys in the bathroom. Yeah, so, um... (laughs) Jesus Christ. Shut the fuck up, Andy. (laughs) You know what my favorite song is? Huh? Bone to be wild. Bone to be wild. Get your motor running.
Head on our highway. Looking for adventure. Head on our highway. Okay.